Good morning. Man, no chocolates came to me. Man. No, I'm fine. I, 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 <laughs> okay, thank you, Regina. I'll save that for later so you don't hear me smacking up here. Uh, so, um, yeah, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. I'm glad to hear that. I know almost all of you. But just in case, I want to introduce myself. My name is Alan Pyle. My wife is Miriam Pyle. She's sitting right back here. And we have a daughter, Saleya. She was up here and uh, making faces. If you saw the one making faces, that was probably her. But we are proud. We are thankful. We are um, missionaries on, and sent to the Wind River Indian Reservation. And so I don't know what to call myself. Maybe the best word for it is something like resident missionary. We get to go to church here. We get to celebrate every Sunday with you guys. But really our focus and our call is to be a part of the lives of the tribes and to share the gospel there. And it's a real honor. It's a real privilege. Um, just to let you know a little bit about how our year went on a personal note. Um, you've probably heard a lot of the stories that I'm going to tell today, but this way we're all on the same page at some point. But just on a personal note here to start out, um, we got to do a few things that we, we were really grateful to be able to do. Uh, this last May, so almost a year now, well, coming up on it, we got to go to slide. I'm going to mess up this a lot, guys. Uh, we got to go to uh, San Francisco, and you can see that in the top left corner, which was really special. Uh, we had to do it because uh, Miriam needs to get her passport from Switzerland, and the nearest Swiss consulate is in San Francisco. So, oh dread, we had to go to San Francisco. And oh dread, it was right around our anniversary, so we just had to spend some anniversary time there, right? If you're going, might as well do it all. And so it was really special for us to be able to do that. Ten years together. Uh, another thing that was pretty fun this year is for the very first time I got to go elk hunting and all you guys are going, man, I've been doing that since I was 14 and good job, but that was my first time and I did get a four by three and got meat in the freezer and so it was really a great experience with my dad and my brother, that brother, um, but anyway, <laughs> his was bigger, but I'm proud of him. <laughs> I'm still older than you. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, yeah, and we like to do things like going uh, camping. And for the first year this summer, we, were, uh, we fooled someone to thinking we were good campers. And so we're learning and growing, and we, we just love to do it and be outside. But uh, we also had, of course, ups and downs. In December, we got COVID, and you know everything is fine and well at this point, but that kind of put ministry on a damper for about a month, that, that plus Christmas, and so that's just how, how it went. But I kind of wanted to ask you guys, if you were to use a word to describe your year, what word would you use? Sorry? Blessed. Blessed. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I heard two things at once. It was a fast year. Boom. Here we are next year. Trust. Ooh, it was necessary to trust God a whole lot. Absolutely. How about on a bigger level? Like when you think nation, world, what kind of words would you use to describe what's going on? Chaos. Chaos. I heard another word. Depressing. Depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of really positive words come to mind right off the bat anyway. Some words that I've thought about is that people have felt hurt. There's been a lot of anger, division. People are stuck, uncertain. But what I seem to hear between the lines most of all is that people feel unheard. Do you feel that way? <laughs> when I look around and when I listen to people, what I see is that 
seems like we're not heard and so we feel like we need to yell louder. And maybe we use exclamation points, maybe use all caps. Maybe it's not just digitally. Maybe we do whatever it takes to get heard by people. And that seems to be going around a lot right now. But here's the hope that I just want to share from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 65 says this, Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. That's the hope of Jesus is that we are heard, that all the circumstances that are going on in this world, all of the problems, all of the heartache, all of the injustice, all of the you name it, all the words that you can think about, God has heard our cries about those things. God is above it and he's taking care of it. He hears us. Now, as we've reached out to the Wind River Indian Reservation, that is kind of the hope. And on the next slide, um, we can see some of that. This is the, the Wind River Reservation. You guys know where this is at. As I speak to some groups, they don't know exactly. But this is something that I hear a lot from people I know, from friends I have, that they're not heard for a lot of different reasons. But these are our neighbors. And to share the gospel effectively, one vital tool that we need to use is to do what God does and listen. Just listen to their heart. Listen to the circumstances that are going on. So I'm just curious. I've put together a little quiz for you guys. You didn't know there would be a pop quiz today. Um, grades will come at the end of semester. If you don't participate, I'll tell my mom on you. Um, you don't know. She's a real teacher, guys. That's, that's a serious threat. Um, but just curious, how, do you, how well have you listened to what's going on with some of your neighbors on the reservation? So first quiz. On the left side of the screen, there are two symbols. Do you happen to know what those represent? Two tribes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what those two tribes are? Just Shoni Rappo. Yeah, I went to Douglas last week, and, the, you know, they're three hours away, but they didn't. Some people came to me afterwards and said, I didn't know there was two tribes on the reservation. So good job, guys, for knowing that and knowing which ones they were. You've listened. True or false? Shoshone and Arapaho are historically allies. False. Right. That's not the case. There's, there's some major conflicts and divisions, even going on to today in some of the business council-level areas. And so if we want to be able to bring the good news to their lives, we just need to be aware of some of those things that are going on, real situations that are tough and tense. How about this question? How long have the Shoshone people lived in the Wyoming-ish area? They had a larger area in general, but historically, how long have they lived in this area? Someone want to take a stab at it? Long time. Seven years. No, no. I'm being sarcastic. It's a long time. What does that mean, guys? <laughs> I got some faces like, what? No, okay. No, no. <laughs> Over 100 years. So they, so they have on the reservation, but they've lived here a lot longer as a people group. Sometimes they were called by different names, not just Shoshone. Would you believe this? When you listen to and look at the archaeological, archaeological evidence, Shoshone have lived in this greater region for about 3,500 plus years. So you do the math and you wander away from the Tower of Babel, and that's probably about the time that they showed up in this area, more or less. Interesting. Um, next question, how long have the Arapaho lived in this area? 150, less, different. It's different. And that's just the circumstances. It's not a judgment. It's just different. In fact, the Arapaho tribes originally come from the Manitoba or upper Wisconsin, upper Minnesota area. But for all kinds of reasons, 
they were displaced and they started to travel further and further west. And then they ended up in this area. And then there was, of course, the Sand Creek Massacre and that horrendous event. And then they were told, here, scooch in with your, your historical enemies. And so that is something we need to realize, is that some of the, the, the way that we look at things is because of what has happened in the past. And so listening to our neighbors, listening to our friends is understanding that kind of history and what kind of roots there are and how that affects our lives. True or false? Shoshone and Arapaho cultures are essentially the same. False, yeah. There's actually two general cultures that are, are represented there. One of them is more of a Great Basins culture. One of them is more a Great Plains culture. And that has effects in the way we share the gospel because if you see the world through a certain lens, like we do in the United States, you need to address the gospel in a certain way. If you lived in the Middle East and you saw the world through a certain lens, you would need to address the gospel a little bit different way. Shame and honor is a big thing there. And it's the same thing with the Shoshone and the Arapaho. They have a different way of seeing things. And so listening well to what they think, how they think, how, how life goes or should go, we need to take some of that into account. Uh, here's another question. True or false? They have essentially the same religion. False. Yeah, you guys have paid pretty well attention to what's right around you, and I'm glad to hear that. And what is interesting about this, though, is that it's more complex than just true-false. There are certain overlaps sometimes. And what's interesting as you listen to what anthropologists, people who, who study cultures over time, is that both of them have had a, a greater focus on a one God above. There's a trend towards monotheism. And so just understanding that trend, understanding what's going on under the surface is also really helpful. And what I've found too is that oftentimes the beliefs come down to an individual and their family, what was passed down. And so listening to that, that story, their stories, the family stories is really, really important. Final question for now. What church is predominantly was predominantly and historically first connected with the Arapaho, Catholic Church. How about with the Shoshone? Episcopalian. Yeah, the guy who asked me that question this morning happens to know that. Shocker. Okay, so yeah, but you knew it. Yes, and the, the Episcopalian Church, exactly right. And so even the way that we present the gospel may have had previous influences by churches on the reservation. So listen to every person, listen to their story, and you can share what God is doing. It's, it's just extremely important because when we share the gospel, we need to realize that it's good news, that it, it should connect with life. It's not just news. It's not just that Jesus came 2,000 years ago-ish and died on the cross and rose from the grave, and it's a Jewish guy and the Israel history and all of that. It's not just the news. It's the good about it, that what Jesus has done is impactful in our lives, that it makes all the difference in our lives, that it's, it's the rescue from sin and shame and weakness to overcome sin and shame, and it's the power to, to make a difference in all the aspects of our life. And listening to what's going on helps us to say, this is how the gospel affects this or this or this or this for each individual person. And so that's why we need to listen. That's how we can all be effective in our sharing the gospel, right? Listen to someone and then share how the gospel affects all of our lives. Psalm 18.6 says this, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. 
To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. God knows what's going on in people's lives, in our lives, and he's listening, and the gospel addresses those things. Now, as we've, we've just gotten a chance to work with and, and be friends and connect with different people, some of the most effective ways, some of the best places that we have found to be able to listen, to hear, to, to know what's really going on deep down, has been in house churches. I'm on the next slide, by the way. And in house churches, you know, it, hopefully it's not quite so scary to get to talk about what's going on. And that's what we found, is there's been a really amazing, deep, close conversations. Um, I was having a, a fun conversation with a family uh, a few weeks ago, and um, I just asked them, you know, I finally got brave enough to ask, you know, I've heard people say that, you know, the word reservation is really offensive. And they're like, what? I live on the res. What do you mean it's offensive? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, the concept of cramming people into a, a region is not good. But what we call it, well, let's be a little freer. We don't have to be just, you know, scared of that. And so listening, oh, this is how you perceive things, has been really helpful in those situations. Another thing that we are really focusing on, and this is where one of our main prayer requests is at, is with finding people who would be indigenous leaders, Native Americans who would be able to know be able to listen and understand between the lines that I try really hard but might fail at and be a leader to their own people. And so if you would pray alongside me continually, there's been a couple of people that have been options and they moved away, but God will provide someone at some point. Another thing that we're really wanting to emphasize is that Native Americans can share the gospel with other Native Americans. It doesn't have to be cross-cultural. I'm fine with doing it. It's my honor to do that. But if we can train, if we can equip, if we can share ways of, of, of sharing the gospel, then we can be more effective. Also, we want to help reach families. Listen to what's going on in the whole family. Listen to kids. Listen to adults. Listen to teenagers. Listen to whatever age group we're in and just see how we can share the gospel in those situations. And this has always been our long-term goal, Lord willing, of course, is if we've done all that we want to do, our final goal is to say, here, you have the equipping that you need to keep on multiplying, keep on becoming more believers and more churches and gathering together and doing all that you need to do. And then we can step back and listen on a, on a broader level and help equipped on a broader level and just be present as not as a you do it our way, but as someone that can help and support and help them be self-sufficient. And that's what our goal is in all of this. And so, of course, that takes a certain process. We always need to reach people, share the gospel. But as soon as, yeah, you are on it. Thank you, Emily. You saw the slide. Smart, smart. Uh, and then we need to gather in churches. We need to, and, and as we gather, we want to raise leaders, then equip those people and equip, equip pastors, and then spread and multiply. It's how it happened in the early church. We believe this is a very good tool of uh, the way that we're really focusing on doing it here and now. And it gives us a chance to really listen and then really address real needs as well. So here's kind of what the update is. Here's what's been going on this year as we've been looking around. As we've reached people, one of the ways that we've been able to do that on the next slide is to do homeless outreach. 
And it's kind of been interesting. Last year, we took a bottle, bottle of water, took, maybe took a granola bar, got to talk to people, pray with people, listen to them, listen to their stories, why they ended up in the place that they're at. And it kind of grew. And then monthly, a lot of you started joining us and we started going out and handing out some food, but taking the time with individuals to listen and to talk and to pray and, and share the gospel and offer next steps of what they can do to help their situation. From that, it developed. As we started to get to know people, many more said, hey, what if we came to church together? What if, could you pick us up for church? And so we got to go to church with a lot of people who you have met over the year. And then also, they said, well, do you do any Wednesday Bible studies? And so we've got to invite a number of people to, especially since summer, to our Wednesday group and connect with them there. And so it's just growing and connecting. In fact, there was one lady a few, a few months ago now, and she started to come to, to Bible study with us. We eat a little meal downstairs, and we were, doing a, we're about to do a Bible study, and she said, hey, Miriam, I'd like to just talk to you in private for a little bit. So they went and talked. Then she came back, and I got a chance to share the gospel message, and she just listened. And then she got a little defensive, but she listened. And then as we were about to walk out the door, she said, I did it tonight. We're like, you did what? She said, I gave my life to Jesus. You did? Yeah, yeah, it was time. I needed to do that. I was like, okay, is this really real? So I kept on listening and listening and talking to her and saying, you know, people may not like you for your decision. I know, but I have to do it for me. You know, it means for your whole life. It's not just a flash decision. Yeah, I know, but I need it now. I, this is what I want. And so by the end, I, I, I don't have anything else to say except God knows her heart, and I'm convinced <laughs> that she gave her life to Christ through these Bible studies, through this time that we had together. As we've been able to listen and talk to people, um, we, we just, uh, uh, in the next slide, we, we got to go and visit some people uh, a couple of different times, two days in a row. One day, um, I went out to invite some of, this, some of these people that we know and invite them to the Wednesday Bible study. And there's one lady who's sometimes been kind of cranky with us. And uh, um, I asked her if she wanted to come, and she didn't, but she really needed some shoes. So I said, well, kind of inviting to a Bible study. Let me see what I have at the church for you. And so I asked Miriam to help out because we were about to start the Bible study with everybody else. And Miriam and uh, Stacy, I think, went out and tried to help her out. And through their time there, they listened, found out that she's actually really sick, terminally sick, and things are going really heavy for her. They prayed with her. And then Miriam, God just put it on Miriam's heart. Just ask her, just ask her if she's made a decision for Christ. And she said she hadn't. Then Miriam said, but would you want to? And she said, yes. And so Miriam had the honor and the pleasure of praying alongside of her, receiving her into her heart and life. And that was a beautiful day. The very next day, we thought, well, let's try to connect with her and some of the other people in the group. And so Miriam uh, made some cupcakes because it was my birthday. And so what, what better than to share some cupcakes with other people? And, and then so we sat down and we, we met a group. And uh, this is the group. And uh, we we talked and we listened and we enjoyed the time together. And I, they probably sang happy birthday. I don't remember exactly, but it was a good time together. And over the course of it, I started to talk to one of the ladies here. And she said that she had just lost a twin sister and that things were really, really hard for her. And she didn't know how she was going to get on with life. And so probably inspired by Miriam the day before, I had the courage to ask her about believing in Jesus Christ. And she said she wanted to as well. And so the best birthday present I ever got was that day. <laughs>
leading someone to Christ, being a part of it, being a part of what God is doing in someone's heart. So God has been moving, God has been working, and God has been uh, changing people's lives through the homeless ministry. And there's been a lot of you that have been a part of that as well. Another place that we've connected on the next slide is through treatment centers. And some of you have also participated in, in doing those. Um, we, we do the, the one here in Riverton at the Center of Hope, and we do one out at Showrap that is in Fort Washakie. And in both of those places, it's been a really neat place to be able to, to connect with people. Uh, what's been really important this last year is we didn't get into Showrap until until this last, until 2021, after COVID and everything like that. So that was a real, really good, great thing to be able to get those open doors again. We're really grateful for that. And it's still the place that we st- build some of our longest lasting relationships over time. As we've had those times to pray and talk and listen and, and care for, you, for, for, for people, then, then um, later on when we connect, have an opportunity to connect, it's built into really neat things. Something that's been really cool um, is there was two people. There, there might have been more, but two that, that, that just outright told me one night that that was the first time in their lives that they had done a Bible study. First time they had engaged with God's Word before. And I never thought they asked the question, but maybe, maybe that, that's being more effective than I know. Another place that we got to reach out this last year is through Vacation Bible Schools. And this was a God thing. Um, we didn't even imagine that this was going to happen this year. And we thought that we were going to be going down to the Navajo Reservation to, to help do some projects there. But as they were still closed for COVID, we decided to reroute. And we had three churches come up from California, plus a bunch of you, four students from here, and a number of adults participated in the vacation Bible schools. All said and done, there were 65 kids or 65 people from four different churches from California to here that joined and stayed here in our church. If you noticed or not, hopefully it was so clean by the end that you didn't notice that they were here. Um, but we were able to reach out to five different locations and share the gospel for five day clubs like like VBSs, vacation Bible schools. Uh, there were 73 different students that we got the names of over the, those five days at those five different sites. And so it was a really amazing experience. The places are like this. Um, just we've got, to, we got permission to go and hang out in some fields and listen to people and uh, play with the kids and try to make longer relationships with some of the people that were around as well. In one place, they had a, actually a pretty hard time connecting with people, just trying to get people to come from the kids to come from their homes and, and hang out and play was tough. But then about Wednesday, a massive storm came along. One of our worst ones this last summer, a huge storm came. But our students just stood out there and played in the rain, started playing with a ball, kicking it around. And all of a sudden, the kids came out of the woodworks. And, and yeah, and then in the next picture, you can see the rain, big simile. And the next picture, there you go. And uh, so you might recognize someone, um, but not from the back of his head anymore. He just got his hair cut. So. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so we got to just see those kids come and then engage in the games and then get to hear the Bible story those days. And then they came a little more regularly for the next days. And it was amazing to see how God really encouraged our group, but also was able to connect with more and more kids. As we connected to them, we got to hear them ask, even at young ages, some really hard questions, really, really big questions, questions that you and I probably have to think about when someone asks them, and our students are being asked that. Things like, does God still love us even when we sin? Or 
What about all kinds of gender issues? What about, like in the next uh, slide, uh, we'll just keep moving on, but questions about heaven and hell. Questions about the spirits that they think are, were in that playground. Questions that we have to have thought through and have answers to. And some of our students realized for the first time in their lives that they needed to formulate their own stance on these things and formulate how to share the good news in the middle of those situations. And so it had a huge impact on all of our kids. Um, we'll go one more slide. In fact, in one of the locations, one of our boys was listening, one of our boys as in one of the students that came from California was listening to what was going on. And there were some house situations that were going on that felt a lot like home and it really got him down and he kind of wandered away from the group and one of our leaders noticed that and went and talked to him and through the conversation of listening to all this found out that that student had never given his life to christ and he chose to that day um and so that was an amazing thing as well how it inf impacted our kids lives but also um there was a, uh, we did a lot of follow-up uh, from, from these locations, and a little girl that's coming here regularly, you might meet her, she is because she came to that, then she came to a CEF here at the church, and she gave her life to Christ that week. Now she's a regular attender here, and so you might know who I'm talking about. And so there was some really neat things going on in people's lives. Uh, in the next one, um, we were able to meet pretty near where, where, where this young lady lives, and you may have recognized her as well. But what's really neat is that this family, her family, has become really, really neat special friends for us as well. And she's become a pretty good friend of Saleya's as well. And so they've got to hang out a whole, whole lot this year. And uh, that kind of leads to the next point, is that our, our friendships that we have made are one of the, the most amazing ways for us to reach out, just to be friends, genuine friends. Believe in Jesus or not, let's be friends. And that has been some really amazing connections. I, I, I wanted to mention to some of the families, but I'm going to refrain in case I just miss like one person and then I offend them. But there's been some really neat people around, yeah, that we love being able to spend time with, spend birthdays with and eat pizza together and uh, go to the park together, go swimming together, go go hiking in, in Sinks Canyon, whatever it is, and just build that time together. Uh, through that, through those friendship connections, we had an amazing experience. Uh, j just before Thanksgiving, or was it just after Thanksgiving, um, we had some friends say they wanted to, to do some Indian tacos with us. And so we met downstairs in the church and invited friends and family, and so we got to do an Indian taco Thanksgiving dinner. And we didn't have to make the, things, the, the Indian tacos, because that would have been not authentic. And so we got real authentic ones, and it was delicious. And so, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> and so that was a really neat time to be able to do that together as well. Friendships has been just a, a great way of connecting with people. But we've also got a chance in the next slide to start building those connections and see some people who are believers start gathering on a regular basis as well. And so, like I said, being in those house churches have just given us a chance to have really good time to listen and to hear what's going on and, and support. Uh, we've heard some really deep, honest questions. We've been able to connect with greater amounts of family through those times there. In one of our house churches, um, we've been going through Genesis together. And now we're kind of shifting on, on um, 
onto other things, but it's just been a really neat time together, asking hard questions, asking questions like, um, as we start to invite other people to this, as we start to offer food, as we start to offer different things just to help to connect with people, what if they want to take advantage of us? And that's been a question that's coming up there. How do we not get bitter? How do we share the gospel without getting hard-hearted to, to being misused? How do, we, how do we just do that? And so good, deep questions are coming from that group. I, uh, in the other house study, um, we, we decided that we were going to call it PBJ, which is not peanut butter jelly, by the way. It's pizza, Bible, Jesus. Just shortened to the point, but it's PBJ Church, and we've had a really good time. We've met three different times over the last month, and here we've also been able to really focus on some practical things going on in life, hard situations, and then kind of talk about cross-culture, you know, get to understand each other, the way we think with each other, how we can bridge the gap because we want to study the Bible together, and that's been a really great time as well. Now, like I said, we're continuing on the next step to look for new leaders, look for people that are especially indigenous leaders to, to be able to train. Keep praying for that. We, we just don't have that quite yet. However, I wanted to bring this up, but the elders also wanted to introduce you to a family here in the church that have moved. And this is some people um, that are sitting right there. So I'm just going to ask you guys to stand up. This is Ray and Shanna Choate. And the elders asked to have them introduced because they are also missionaries. They are with a group called Cup of Cold Water, right? Yeah, I won't make you sit the whole time, but you can stand if you want to. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Sit down. Um, <laughs> but uh, what, what's, it, go and talk to them and hear their story. It's an amazing story. But God originally, they thought, was calling them to, to Guatemala when they saw the needs and the heartache and the things that were going on there. But then one time they visited here, and they said, wow, these are similar needs right here. And so they decided, God let, and more to the story is God made it obvious, come here and serve. And so they've been here. They partnered up with so many different things, uh, uh, from the treatment centers to the homeless outreach to, to connecting. And um, so they're, they're really involved. I think if you talk to them, what, what they might say is that God has asked them to help with practical skills. How do you build something in life? How do you, how do you get a skill that you can use to, to, to help make ends meet and different things like that? And that's kind of the, the emphasis and, and, and what God has called them to. So yeah, we're really glad to have you guys around and thank you for what you've already been doing. We're excited to see what God will continue to do in your guys' lives for sure. So if I were to, to just sum all of what's gone on this last year up in some raw numbers, here's how it might go. Besides Miriam and I, there have been other, about 10 other people who have volunteered or led or co-led in some way, shape, or form this last year. There's been three different churches that have partnered with us for clothing donations. And by the way, you guys have been doing the, the monthly donations, and that has helped us so much just to be able to connect with people and, and stop and pray and say, here's something to help you out for a minute. And so thank you for gathering those things. There are four different churches that gathered to help with the VBSs. There were 123 individuals that I took down by name that took place in the Bible studies of non-believers that took place in Bible studies this last year. There were 10 people that we were able to build increasing relationship with that don't know Jesus yet. And then, like I said, I didn't really keep track of this, but I know of two people who had never been in a Bible study before. And that led to 
five people giving their lives to Christ this last year. And that's because of the countless people, including this church in a huge way, praying for this ministry, praying for encouragement, praying for safety, praying that God would change people's hearts and lives. And so that's why we're seeing this is because of your prayers being answered. So um, as, as kind of our home church and our sending church at the same moment, you guys can keep on connecting in different ways. Um, we have newsletters that uh, you can get on a monthly basis if you want to. I can email them to you. I can physically mail them to you if you would like to. Um, uh, in fact, on the next slide, um, there's uh, some of these things listed. If you guys want to participate in some of the homeless outreach as we're doing that, let me know. I'll, I'll start being in contact with you about those events as well. If you're helping with the, the, the monthly donations, that is incredible. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for stopping and praying as you think about it. Thank you for just caring about what's going on and being alongside of us and being a support in so many different ways, guys. Thank you. Uh, some, uh, one other thing, that, and this is kind of the official announcement, is that this summer, if you want to be involved, there's going to be another Vacation Bible School. The group that does that said, we want to come again. And so we're planning on doing that. And if you want to participate in it, students, if you want to participate in it again, or, or for the first time, let me know. And we're going to start talking about that and announcing it at youth group. It's going to be the last week of, of June. So I think that's the 19th through 25th, the last full week of June. And we'll start getting all the details and everything like that ironed out. And we're going to start, we're going to do vacation Bible schools again. And so you'll have some part, whether it's games or playing with the kids in one way or another, or telling a Bible story or helping with crafts, and we'll get all that stuff worked out with you. But it worked really well last year, and we'll only be better at it this year. So, uh, yeah, just think and pray about, about participating, but also adults, that's for you as well. If you want to be a part of that, we can always use more chaperones helping and, and guiding and, and thinking through all of that stuff. So please just let me know. We'll, we'll do this as a team together. I just want to leave you with one final verse. It says this, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And, that, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that have been asked of him. So keep praying faithfully, faithfully that people's hearts and lives will be changed. And thank you for being alongside of us. We really appreciate you guys a whole bunch. Can't wait to talk to you maybe a little bit afterwards. If you've got questions, let me know. I'll, I'll stand outside a little bit. And uh, yeah, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thanks for how you are the one that changes hearts and lives. Thank you, God, that you listen to our prayers. Thank you that you know what's going deep down inside and all the aches and pains, but also the joys and whatever's going on around us. You know it. And thank you that you didn't just leave us here to deal with it on our own, but that you listen, you care, you act, you move. God, we pray that you will um, help us all to be bold and courageous wherever you ask us to share your good news. Help us to use this tool of listening as you listen, God, to reflect your image this way and to listen to what's going on in people's lives. God, just, just move in this community how you will. And we pray this in your name. Amen.